Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry designed for you to fail. This month, we are teaming up with igotout.org, a consortium of cult survivors supporting the I Got Out movement of activism and education to help shine light on the commercial cults more commonly known as multi-level marketing. Throughout the month of November, follow along with us on social media as we share MLM statistics, cult education, survivor stories, and ways that you can join in on the movement. Visit igotout.org to share your MLM experience and share your I Got Out selfie using the hashtags I Got Out and I Got Out of an MLM on social media. Freedom of thought is a universal human right. Hey, hon, just popping in here with a little housekeeping to let you know what's coming up in this episode. First and foremost, we had some audio technical difficulties. Brian's mic is a lot quieter than mine, and my new mic is really, really loud and really sensitive. And so there was some discrepancies in the differences. I tried to edit it as best as I could. I tried to equalize the sound as best as I could. But again, it's just me, and I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. So um, (laughs) please bear with me. I know each episode gets a little bit better each time as I learn new tricks and tips. But right now, I'm still learning the editing stuff. So please show a little bit of grace and bear with me as I learn. I'm hoping that in 2022, I really get this thing down. Secondly, um, I've been so unbelievably busy with Cult Month and the episodes and the bonus episodes that I completely forgot to make a video um, and a post to let you all know that we hit 1 million downloads this past week. Um, (laughs) My daughter and I found out right before we left for Harry Styles, um, and that was a wild entire week. So there really was no time to make a video. There was no time to make a post. And so this is my uh, announcement. Yay, we hit a million downloads. It's crazy. And we did it in less than a year. So from me to you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are amazing. And I love you. You are changing my life every single day. And I am so appreciative of everything that's happening to us right now. I also wanted to give you guys a little sneak peek as to what's coming on Sunday. We have an interview coming out with Lori Hale. I don't know if you follow Lori Hale on YouTube or you watch any of her videos, but Lori was in a lot of MLMs and she's going to come on the show on Sunday and we're going to go down them and we talk cult indoctrination. Some of you out there are just the perfect victim and that's why we do this, right? We're educating on those red flags. We're sharing stories of people who have been there, done that, so you don't have to make those same mistakes. So please don't miss this Sunday's episode because Lori's episode is incredible. And the last thing that I wanted to say is that we're coming up into December. I am so excited for what I have planned for December. I'm always literally flying by the seat of my pants. So I came up with this idea about a week ago and I'm running with it. We are going to do nine days in December of podcast episodes and we are going to be bringing you the the interviews you've been asking for, the guests that you keep saying, please bring her back, the people that you're like, you have to talk to this person. And those amazing creators who are killing it on social media, the ones that you just love and follow and need to know more about. Yeah, I got some of those too. So we are going to have an incredible December, just full of really fun interviews, talking to all different kinds of people from all different walks of life, just like we normally do. But These are the ones that you've been begging for. So I just wanted to give you a little something extra for the holidays. It's going to kill me, but I'm a glutton for punishment and I'm ready to tackle on nine episodes in one month. I did it when Lula Rich came out and I was powerhousing through those. So I think I can do it for this too. Anyway, that's enough of housekeeping. Let's get to Brian's episode. Again, remember the volume, sort of adjust it in the beginning. You'll figure out where it works for you. Um, And thank you so much to Brian for being so candid. Enjoy the show. 
Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. Today, I have a special guest. We are talking with Brian, who was with Amway for a long time. So we are going to talk about Amway. Brian, hi. It's so nice to have you. Thank you for coming on the show. You too. I'm glad to finally speak to you. Yes, we've been back and forth in emails, like so many people. Um, and it, it, it's a true testament. Just be persistent and we'll get you on the show. <laughs> so much has happened in the past couple months. It's like, I don't even know half the time what I'm, what I'm doing tomorrow. So I'm so glad that we were able to connect and we were able to schedule something and that we're sitting here face to face and we're talking. Yep. So let's start by talking about where you were in your life when Amway came in, what year it was, what you were doing, and why Amway looked to be like the answer to your all your problems. Oh, well, you know, the thing is, um, it was about 1992. Um, and, you know, you say answer to all my problems. And I was going to say, I didn't really think I had problems. I mean, we were married, we just had, uh, my son was about a year and a half, two years old. And I wasn't looking to be rich. I wasn't looking for anything, but um, matter of fact, we even decided we weren't going to have kids until I, we found a job with benefits. So we were doing everything quote unquote the right way. And then I had a friend at work that said, Hey, uh, you want to come over, you know, and take a look at this opportunity. And I wasn't, I wasn't even like, nothing was on my radar. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll take a look. And, um, you know, they did the, they showed the plan, which made perfect sense. You have your own store, your own business, you buy from yourself, and then you show six people how to do it. And they show four and they show two and a little pyramid thing upside down, whatever it is. Um, it all, it all sounded good and reasonable and, and easy. And I, and again, it wasn't even like I was looking to make a million dollars. I was looking to just kind of increase my income a little bit. Um, as a kid, my, you know, wasn't a rough childhood or anything, but I, I wanted to do better than my parents did. And I do actually remember having little Amway bottles in our basement when I was a kid. So I think my father did it, but I wasn't sure. Anyway, but the way they showed it to me, I'm like, all right, well, if my father failed at it, I could definitely do this. Um, so again, I just wanted to do better than my parents. My uh, my upline, like I said, the, my sponsor was somebody that I worked with. Um, he and I got along well. Then my wife and his wife got along well, et cetera, et cetera. And so we started going to these events, weekly meetings or wherever, where you bring in recruits. And that's where I stopped, really. I wasn't a success at all. I Everybody that, that I've listened to on your podcast and everybody, oh, yeah, I started out gangbusters. And then, you know, no, we never did. We never, I said, <laughs> This is ironic. I sponsored one person, my first person, and he was a Jehovah's Witness. Again, they, they get you in by telling you that um, you only need 10 to 15 hours a week. It's not really, it's not really work, et cetera, et cetera. But then if you don't do well, it's your fault. You're not working hard enough. I can do 10 to 15 hours a week, but I'm not working hard enough. So there was no, there was no medium there. Um, but we did, we went, we attended all the functions and where it really started to go downhill for me was we didn't have the money to do all that. We weren't broke by any means. We were, we weren't rich, but we didn't have the money to do all the extra stuff. Well, thank God Amway had a visa card. So we, all the, all the trips that we, the, I shouldn't say trips, all the, the rallies that we went to went right on the card. And then, you know, the stuff that we were buying from ourselves that went on the card and this went on the card and that went on the card. And at 28, 29 years old with a little boy and now another one on the way. And by the way, our daughter was conceived and she just found this out a couple of weeks ago. Our, <laughs> our daughter was conceived because I had, a, I had a meeting to go show a plan to someone and it was a major snowstorm and they canceled on me. So yeah, at that age with, with a little boy and another one on the girl on the way, we were all of a sudden like $15,000 in debt just from the visa card. And, and I wasn't, again, I wasn't looking for, I wasn't looking to make millions. I just wanted to, if they told me I could have a residual income, five or $600 a month for the rest of my life, that's all I wanted. And we ended up with the interest on the card and everything else, probably $20,000, $30,000 in debt in a couple of years. And, and wow. 
the best thing that happened to us was, and again, we, I loved my upline, but at least the people that I met. Um, but the best thing that happened to us was we moved to Chicago for a job. And this was the mid nineties, early to mid nineties. So there was no email text. That, so we basically were left alone. And that kind wow. of, you know, yeah, we were, I mean, we weren't happy. We weren't happy because we were broke now, but yeah, there was, it was finally being able to just leave it alone. But I mean, the lasting effects besides the debt, I was a conservative always, I kind of still am, but I became a, like a full-blown Republican, which, you know, nowadays is either you're the great or you're not, but it's back then it was just, it was just the way I thought. Um, my sponsors, again, I think my daughter just found this out a couple of weeks ago. My sponsors became my daughter's godparents. Wow. And they're still way, way, way far to the right. I mean, it like to the point where we're not really communicating on Facebook and things like that. Um, I, I have an example of the way that they, they treat you as far as making sure that you're, you know, that you're there all the time and you can't miss anything and it's your fault if you're not succeeding, et cetera, et cetera. We were at a major function, a big old rally and everything in another state. One of our upline was pregnant. She went into labor and my sponsor had a huge back issue and went into the emergency room. So two of the people in our group were in the hospital, yet their spouses were urged they're fine. Get back to the rally. You need this information more than, than they need you there. So it was just a constant, I don't know. I don't know how I got through it. Wow. So you leave Amway like 25 years ago. Yeah. And then, you know, what happens? You you find my podcast. You read Merchants of Deception. What What's the timeline in that? Okay. Well, here's the, so we left Amway, let's say 95. Um, in 05 four-ish, I happened across Merchants of Deception and and read it all the way through like in one sitting and was like, oh my God, I can't believe we went, I can't, people that haven't read the book, he was an emerald, which is like way high up there in the Amway. It's not a diamond, but it's, you should be making at that, in, in those years, like 60 to $100,000 a year. And he wasn't making anything. And he happened upon the knowledge that the money that the diamonds and above were making came from the tapes and the books. Yes, and the lines I, of affiliation. Exactly. And so that, that's where all the money was coming from. And he wasn't reaping any of those benefits. And I mean, I'm not going to go into the whole book, but that was, that's what woke me up in like 2004. Like, oh my God, I'm so glad I got out. I'm so glad that, that I know this now. About four or five years ago, we came across Nerium and I forgot all of that. Oh, this is different. This is different. I didn't realize that Amway actually wrote the policies that make Amway not a pyramid. Yes. Isn't that crazy? How funny that your like anti-MLM timeline kind of hops all over the place yeah. that you read Merchant's Deception about 10 years after you left Amway and you were like, oh my God, this is so true. This is my life. You didn't see the MLM connection. You ended up joining Narium. Obviously the same thing probably happened. And then you find my podcast and I mentioned the dream, which came out even before my podcast. In fact, I listened to the dream while I was filming the Vice documentary, which is like so funny. And in that sort of like chicken scratching around, you you come up with even the the one of the biggest revelations of Amway is yeah. that Amway actually is the one basically writing the rules that allows Amway to be legal, which I think is hilarious. And one of the things that they the the qualifications, if you want to call it, is that they have an end product that consumers can use. And therefore it doesn't make it a pyramid. But if you go back to the Merchants of Deception, there is no end user for the tapes and the books and all the crap that they sell you. Honest to God, I don't know what it was that that turned me on to your podcast. I'm not, I'm one of those people that gets, um, if I'm into something, I'm into it. Like all I've been doing for the last couple months is listening to podcasts and reading books and things online and different YouTube videos. And so now, even though it, it doesn't affect me, well, I can't say it doesn't affect me anymore, but 
realistically, it doesn't affect me anymore. I'm, I want to learn all about it. So that's somewhere along the line I came across your podcast and then, and you turned me on to other things, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, they tell you, you know, that uh, if you have a job, you're taking time away from your kids. But if you, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, I spent less time with my kids. I missed my daughter's second birthday because we had to go somewhere. I missed, wow. and I'm so, that's the thing that gets me is that, and, and we lost our son nine years ago. He I'm was, so he was 21. And so even now he'd be 31 and or 30. And I, I still want to like apologize to him. And I apologize to my daughter every once in a while for not being there. So yeah, something that happened 25 years ago, it's just, it's guilting me. It's Yeah. It's, no, I totally get it, right? Like these companies, Amway specifically, have been so commonplace in our lives since the 1940s and then legal since the 1980s. And so it's like, it's commonplace. It's, we're, we're so groomed to to recognize things and be like, oh, that's Amway, oh, that's Mary Kay, oh, that's Herbalife, no big deal. When in, in actuality, it's cult paraphernalia in our homes and we don't even realize it. And we're supporting it. Oh, I just buy that because my friend sells it or, oh, I just wanted to help out my, my mom or whatever it is. But the more we hear these stories on the podcast, especially with Amway, it seems like Amway is the worst one. You hear so many stories like, I missed my daughter's birthday. I skipped my friend's wedding. I had to reschedule my own event because of Amway. And a lot of times I hear people say, I found out about this event like the day before. And they were like, you better be there. You better cancel that wedding you were going to go to tomorrow because you better be at the, that event instead. And it's, 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 it's so wild to me because it's that whole loyalty thing. Like, are you really loyal? Let me test you. Would you not go to your own child's birthday to sit in this building with us? Oh, you would. Oh, you are loyal. It is so sick. And people don't see it. And and like I said, I had, I had zero success. I was not, it's not something like something was taken out from under me. I had zero success yet. It was still my fault. Everything. And that's, I guess that's the worst part is that they make you feel like they tell you it's your fault. You know, you, you have access to this whole system. You could plug in, you could, you could be as successful as you want. Apparently you don't want to be successful. Right. You're, you're just talking to the wrong people. You just need to find new people to talk to. It's funny. You, you mentioned, I think you mentioned a, a, a couple of episodes ago that you didn't realize that you were in a cult until you saw Leah Remini's, that exactly what happened to me. We're sitting there watching it and I go, oh my God, to my wife. I said, we were in a cult. Yeah, isn't it crazy when you really break it down, right? You don't just talk about like what happened to you, but you break down the psychological ramifications and all of these little things. And that's what this is. You know, MLMs call it, you know, watching all these videos, but what it really is is sleep deprivation and time control. And you don't realize it because they've given it fancy names that make it sound legitimate and make it sound real, but it really is just ways to control you. And you're not allowed to hang out with negative people. You're not allowed to, to, uh, now back when I was in Amway, it was, it was easier, easier to avoid all that, but you're not supposed to watch TV. You don't watch the news. The funny thing is, is my upline was always quoting Rush Limbaugh. I'm like, how did you get to watch Rush Limbaugh when we're not allowed to watch anything, but yeah, you, you, you're supposed to avoid everybody and anything that's negative and no negative products. You can't, if Amway sold it and Kroger sells it, if you don't buy it from Amway, you're, you know, you're cheating your own business. That's, that's why you're not successful. So I have a question for you. Um, I did an interview. It hasn't come up yet, but it's probably already been listened to at this point, but we don't know about it yet. Um, And in this interview, I was talking to a woman, she was in Amway and she said, she was in multiple, but Amway was one of them. And she said that when they switched over to Amway, they had like their upline come into their house with big black markers and draw X's on everything they had to throw away. That wasn't Amway. Did that happen to you too? It wasn't right when we joined, but it was after a little bit, they would, they, and we were, we were supposed to have been like 
converted over or whatever you want to call it. And they did, they came in and like, we had like, again, we weren't making a lot of money. So we had Kroger brand cereal and all the, the off-brand stuff that the kids liked. And yeah, now they got big markers on it. It was, it's, it's funny. Does Amway sell like a cinnamon toast crunch dupe? Because uh, like my kid wouldn't eat Amway cereal if it wasn't cinnamon well, toast crunch they, flavored. In my experience, they sold name brand things. Like, I, and I don't know why this sticks with me. Maybe because their commercials are back on now. They sold Famous Amos cookies. Really? And, yeah. So you would buy, and it, you know, it's at a discounted price. You get the, you get the Amway price. Well, the Amway price is either the same or even a little bit more than the store price. But yeah, they had, they had name brand stuff. So you could, you could easily switch over if you had more money. Right. It's so wild to me. And I think a lot of people don't understand, like you join an MLM because you want to make money and you spend all this money to join that you don't have because you're the reason you're joining the MLM is because you don't have any money. You spend all this money to join. You keep pumping it in and they're like, it's going to pay off. And you maybe in the beginning, see a little bit of payoff enough that it makes what everybody's saying seem like, oh, it's true. Yeah. I made them. I made the money. Like they said, I would. It's true right? But all you're doing is pumping more money in and any money that you're getting back out of it, you're turning around and pumping. Oh, look, we made a hundred dollars. We can buy a hundred dollars more stuff. Yeah. And Amway sells almost everything that you could normally get at a store. So now they're going in and they're saying, I know you don't have any money, but we need you to replace all of the stuff that you just bought with brand new Amway stuff. And you're like, can we just eat the cereal first? And they're like, yeah, no. Like we're going to put a big, big X on it. So even if you were to keep that cereal for the duration of its existence until you used it up, which is what you should do, there's right. a big black mark on it that you're staring at every single day until you and do. And that's part of the psychology is that you know that you shouldn't be, that that's bad. It's bad stuff. Yeah. It's like the shame walk in Game of Thrones, but it's like a big black X on your Kroger brand cornflakes. It's insidious. It is any major play or anything like that. But we got our product. And actually, I hate to say this, I think their products are not, they're, they're pretty good. The two people above us had, she had a Lexus because you reach a certain point and you, you earn a Lexus. Well, obviously, at the time, they don't tell you that they're giving you a car allowance. And if you don't make the grade the next month, you're still on the hook for that. So all we saw was, oh my God, she has a Lexus. And now I want to say six months after all that, maybe a year, the people in our upline are now with somebody else. So they were so good that they earned a Lexus, but now they're gone. I mean, right. You know, they're in, in the interview that I have on the podcast with Robert Fitzpatrick, we talk about like these amazing products. And he says something that always stuck with me. It's like, well, are you, you know, like, oh, well, yeah, I'm not in the MLM anymore. And it's like, well, are you still taking those products? It's like, well, no. And he's like, but they, they cure cancer. Right. And he's like, yeah, well, they're kind of expensive. And it's like, but they're too expensive. Even if they cure cancer, it's like, you know, like it, the products, they're just, they're just baubles and trinkets. And yes, like you said, some of these products actually do work and they're good products. That's part of it. If an MLM only sold crappy snake oil, nobody would join. So you have to have these flagship products like the Lumi Spa from New Skin. Like so many people are like, but it's the best face scrubber, but you have to join New Skin to get it. So is it the best face scrubber? I don't think so. I'm sure there's way better products. If you just look for, I don't know, 10 minutes, you could find something comparable, if not better, most likely will also be cheaper. Well, we still use a Nerian product called EHT, which is a, it, it's kind of like, I know, you know, Prevagen is like the brain supplement. Okay. And it was introduced when we got, when we started in Nerium, they had just the skincare, the daytime and the nighttime cream. And all of a sudden they come up with EHT and EHT is supposed to, and the white paper on it looked good. I did a little research and the person that had developed it is Dr. Daniel Amen, A-H-M-E-N. And he, he is in Princeton. He's board certified a thousand times over and he comes up with this product. And so number one, they make it scarce so that when it goes on sale at midnight and I have to stay up till midnight 
to get this product, you buy as much as you can, and then you, you know, you sell it to people or whatever, but we've used it. I'm, I'm kind of afraid not to. I've noticed that it does help my memory, I think. I don't know if that's a placebo. I don't know, but I, I, the thing about Dr. Amin is he's now one of the favorite guests on Dr. Phil. So I'm like, was this guy like a, a super genius that developed this? Or is he just one of Dr. Phil's snake oil salesmen? Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the Flow Knit High Rise Boyfriend Jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claim standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash M-L-M to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash M-L-M. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet, and they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. Yeah, I don't really know. Um... <laughs> I really don't know, <laughs> but again, you know, it goes back. Like some of these products are legitimate and there's this exclusivity. And to me, if you are somebody who is intelligent and can make products that really do help people. And that's really what your whole thing is, right? You're saying, I just did this to get to, to be into this, to help people that like doctors yeah. are saying that, or whoever's saying that I did this to help people. Mm -hmm. If that really is your true intention, then why is it only being sold exclusively in an MLM and not at Sephora or Ulta or Amazon or any of these other places that anybody could get it without a scam attached, without an auto ship attached, without terms and conditions attached? If that really is truly your, your vision and your goal, then why is there an MLM involved at all? a very logical question and when they introduced it they answered that question i don't remember what the answer was because i'm sure it was all bs but i'm still using it i, I totally understand that too um another thing that you mentioned in your email to me that i really wanted to get into because it was one of the first things that you mentioned and it was something that i felt too and i know there are people out there that feel it and i think we need to talk about it is the mlm superiority complex i was just going to get into that yeah my my sponsor and I worked at the same company. Um, neither one of us, other than the fact that he sponsored me, <laughs> neither one of us was doing great. 
but we would sit in the parking lot at lunch making fun of all the other people we worked with that were too stupid to follow what we were following. And we, we, again, I was going into debt, he was going into debt. So all the other people that just had a job that weren't going into debt for anything else that we knew of, we were smarter than they were. We knew, we knew more than they did. We, and it's, I, I, that didn't even hit me till 10 or 15 years later, what a complete jerk I was. I mean, I didn't make fun of anybody or their face, but at least I had a, <laughs> at least I had a friend that we could mock people together with, you know? It's that thought stopping, like, and thought terminating cliches that are like, you gotta spend money to make money. Or <laughs> all these people are like, why are you spending so much money? And you're like, you just don't under understand because you're in a J-O-B. <laughs> you're just over broke. It's, it's very dire and like even worse than most MLMs. It's like most people in Amway are, are really not making anything at all. The one thing I will say, the, the, the books, I think the books and the tapes kind of helped me a little bit as far as confidence and talking to people. Because without that, I probably wouldn't be talking to you right now. So that helped, but that only goes so far and it does not apply at all to the business. It's just trying, uh, anyway. Yeah, no, but I mean, for, for, for real, like the superiority complex, like I see it all the time. I, I experience it a lot. I debunk a lot of screenshots that I, that I find of, of Huns that are saying things in this whole superiority complex. Uh, we talked about it with Amanda Montel, this like absolutist language, this, yeah. the thought terminating cliches, all of this, it goes all into it. Like we're so much better than you. And this is why, because we know this really great secret and we just want to help you. And if you don't want to be helped, then you're just a lost cause and you deserve to be a loser. It's the weirdest, like it's the weirdest thing. And you wouldn't do that in any other walk of life. You wouldn't cut friends out because they didn't want to, I don't know, I, I can't think of another example because in any other example of life, you're trying to help people and if they say, no, thank you. You go, all right, cool. And you move on, take it away from them. You're like, okay, well, you know, I know you need this, but since you don't want it, you can't have it. And then like, what is the ultimate goal here to guilt people into feeling bad about themselves so right. much so that they want to join your scam? Like even if, even if MLM did work in a utopian society, yeah. Those are not the kind of people that you would want as a sales force anyway, people that you guilted and forced into joining because you feel superior to them and they're so stupid for not joining that they finally join just to be like, okay, show me, show me the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why I joined to begin with, not because I was made fun of it, it because somebody said, Hey, this is a good opportunity. And I was a sucker and bought into it. But so that's how I got in. Why? why would you do the opposite to try to get other people in the podcast you were just referring to i just listened to and the language they use is such that like well it's probably not for you so that makes you want to go oh it is for me show me how they take it away from you so you want it more which psychologically i guess it works but then again like you said why would you want someone like that on your team someone that you have to right. drag in Absolutely. Like anybody that you have to drag into anything that doesn't want to be there is not going to be happy, is not going to be performing. And this isn't just any, any industry and any, anything. It doesn't have to be just MLM, but it, it's just wild to me that, that these people think that shaming people and guilting people and manipulating people is the way to success. I, it's, you use the word guilt again. It reminds me, I, I'm a big sports fan. If there's any sports on TV, I'm watching it. Anything that I care about, I'm watching it. And after, during Amway, I felt so, so guilty watching something or doing something that was not contributing to my business. And, and I, the guilt was all, I, I don't understand. Anyway, when I, was done, when I was done with Amway, the guilt went away. I was so much more relaxed. I was able to I was able to focus on something that actually made me money. We we've worked our way out of that debt because we stopped putting in more into the debt 
and started focusing on things that actually made us money or things that helped us or things that made us feel better. I mean, spending time with my kids was, how do you give that up? I understand when you have a job and you have responsibilities, you have to balance that. But then to take an extra, started out 10 to 15 hours a week and turn into whatever a month, you take that away and, and you're not succeeding in it. I don't, I'm not stupid. That's the one thing that when I was writing notes down to talk to you, I wrote down, I'm not stupid, but I was stupid. I mean, you're not stupid, but we're all stupid. <laughs> They're all, we're, we're all susceptible to it. You know, I've met so many people, people that are ridiculously educated, way more educated with me with degrees and doctorates who fall for these yeah. and, and people who are, you know, at, at the end of their rope that fall for these. It doesn't matter. You can be anywhere on that spectrum. The only thing you need to be is vulnerable. You think back to any time in your life that you're vulnerable after a breakup, after a baby, after a big change, a new job or losing a job, anything like that, you know, it, it, People are vulnerable. I, I could, I'm vulnerable every day, a little bit. Yeah. There's parts of my day every day where I'm like, oh my God, I'm vulnerable right now, where I could be susceptible to things like this. And so it's so important because we can't stop being vulnerable and we can't stop feeling that way or being in the position to become victims that we have to use our other senses, right? We have to use our ears and our eyes. We have to go, wait a second, this is scammy. They talked about this on the podcast. Amanda Montel mentioned this. They talked about this on Brian's episode. It's that kind of stuff that people will say to me. I'll get these messages later. Hey, this happened. And then I listened to this episode and thank you so much. And so it's all about the education because we cannot control any of the other variables in this industry other than educating ourselves so that we don't fall victim to these anymore. And then when they, when they do have like, they'll, they'll trot out, you know, a doctor that has joined, has joined and you go, number one, they trot him out so they can say, look, we, we got a doctor. He's pretty smart. He, so if he can do it, if he's going to do it, you should do it. And then now that I know what I know, I'm wondering what was going on in this doctor's life that made him think that this was the answer. Wow. I, I don't I've know. never even thought of that. I mean, and you think like, did they have a breakup? Did they have a major malpractice suit that was over their heads? Did they, what, and I'm picking on doctors. That's just the first thing that popped into my head. But anybody, what is it that it, somebody that's already successful, I wasn't already successful. I was just starting out, but somebody that's already successful, what is it that makes them think this is better? And yeah. I feel bad for them too. I mean- I mean, it's, it's funny because I have these conversations and, and this is a great conversation because we really are just discussing the way that we feel about things. And I hope it's opening up conversations on the other side of people going, wait a second, I've never thought about why doctors join MLMs either. That's weird. And you mentioning a malpractice suit. I mean, again, it could be a vulnerability or deciding to open up your own practice and realizing, oh my gosh. I'm not making as much money. I have to supplement my income. Right. And then the MLM comes in and goes, I've got an oil for that. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, yeah, it's like know. the cognitive dissonance is I've never seen stronger cognitive dissonance than in like the Huns in the comment section. It is unbelievably wild what people will say to defend their scams. And the, the funny thing is, is if you read enough of them, you realize that they're all copy and paste. They're, and sometimes they forget to change names or change whatever, whatever. Yeah, whatever. sometimes they forget to remove the parentheses that says, put the person's name here. I mean, if that doesn't just prove that this is one giant scam with just a couple like Hydra figureheads at the top, like, I don't know what does. Amazing. It's, it's absolutely amazing. It's just, it's, it's, it's wild to me. So you, you got out of MLM and you're, I'm hoping thriving more now that you've been out of MLM. Are you MLM free for five years now with Nerium? Uh, maybe four, somewhere in that ballpark. We got involved with Nerium and this is, I'm embarrassed now 
you know how you, on Facebook it pops up like your memories from a year ago or five years ago or whatever? On mine, when it pops up, I delete all the ones that had to do with Miriam because I posted so much and I'm so embarrassed now about what I posted. But yeah, I delete all my old stuff. But yet we, um, I think the fog is lifted. And But even when we started with Miriam, I, I, I believed the product. I believed I could be more successful than I was in Amway because it wouldn't be hard. And also, the one thing that I kept saying was, they're not forcing you to buy the books and the tapes. They're not forcing you to do this. But you still had to go to Dallas for their convention and you still had to do this. And, and there was still an element of brainwashing in there. They're not forcing you, but like in any abusive relationship, there are consequences to you saying no to your abuser, you know? So the consequences could look like being shunned, maybe not asked to come again, maybe not invited to the next team meeting intentionally. So just to let you know that we know petty mean girl games yeah and all the all the things that where they tell you we're we're with you we're going to support you 100 percent, and then you have someone that has questions and you want it, them to talk to your upline well they don't have time you know we're, we're really busy well next time we'll get you so yeah it's the little all the little promises that they, and then they break them and it's your fault yeah like when you really genuinely need their help when you really need their business advice as an upline hey this is the issue i have legitimate legitimate questions yeah can you answer them they're like we're super busy right now and you're not asking for a confirmation of like you're not asking for permission to skip something you're not you're asking them a question that has an answer not a yes or no you have an actual question and either they whatever they're yeah i'm done I mean, it's, it's so across the board and it's wonderful. And I love to talk to different kinds of people like you, because I need everybody to understand that everybody is susceptible, men, women, anyone, any age bracket, any socioeconomic demographic, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your education. It doesn't matter your friends. It doesn't matter the city you live in, the house you own. It doesn't matter. You are not safe from these scams we i feel guilty i feel kind of creepy actually um when we were involved with miriam and my daughter was in college and i kept going nick you got to try this you have to try this this is this is what's you know i I, i'm not telling her to drop out of college and i'm not telling her not to to advance her career but at the very least take take a look at this and now i feel like what a horrible father absolutely and it's it's not it's not your fault no i know. know And you're not a horrible father, you know? The fact that you were even thinking that proves that to me, that you're even thinking, was I a horrible father for doing this? Like, no, absolutely not. You were in a cult and you were listening to the leader. And that's what we did. And that's what we do when we're stuck in those situations. And, you know, I hope that we can erase as much guilt and shame that people have And I think listening to stories like this helps people. You know, I get so many messages after all of these interviews where people are like, I heard Brian's story and I connected with him more than I've ever connected with any of the other stories. So it's so important to tell a wide variety and range of stories from so many different people, because when you break it down, all of these stories are exactly the same. The only thing that changes are the faces, the companies and the shock value, but at its bones, it's bad bones. I have to tell you a quick little anecdote. We, um, we went to see a concert in Grand Rapids, which is about two and a half hours from Detroit, where I live. And the concert was at the Van Andel Arena. And there's a statue of Jay Van Andel right out in front of the arena. And I felt so like creeped out by it. And then we went to, we, you know, came back home and our daughter asked us where we ate and stuff in Grand Rapids. Apparently there is a bar or a restaurant called Pyramid Scheme. No. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's right in Amway country and there's a bar called Pyramid Scheme. I wonder who owns that bar. And um, if I'm ever in Michigan, I'm definitely going there. Made me so happy to hear that. So the first question, 
one word that encompasses how you feel about multi-level marketing. Predatory. A warning or a piece of advice to anybody that would like to join an MLM. Um, well, that's the thing. If you want to join an MLM, if you're joining something that you don't realize is an MLM, at least Google something and, and get some opinions on it. But if you know it's an MLM, the warning or piece of advice is don't. You look at the statistics, Google things, go to the FTC. You're not going to make any money and you will probably lose money. Go to the anti-MLM Reddit site and go from there. Absolutely. Anti-MLM Reddit is a great source. Um, what is the worst MLM in your opinion? <laughs> well, I think Amway just because the, they're the OG, but they they even we got out before they turned into Quickstar. They've done so much to hide their name from whatever it is. So I mean, if they if they don't want to get their name out in front of it, it has to be the worst. That's a really good point, actually. <laughs> it's very hard. Like the Amway word doesn't show up a lot. Uh, that's a really good point. The hardest lesson that you learned while in MLM? I've heard you ask this question a thousand times and I still haven't come up with the hardest lesson I learned. Um, I guess as a reflection on the way they've conditioned you, your friends are still your friends. I have my, my best friend, I've known him for, known him for 50 years. He was my best man. He was my son's godfather. He's my best friend until I die. And twice I've approached him with the MLMs I was in. And he just said, no. Didn't want to talk about it. Didn't want to humor me. Didn't want to do anything. And so the, I finally had to learn that he was my friend, not everybody else. So don't cut people out of your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are going to be critics in your life. Um, and if you truly love that person and you really do believe that they would want your best interest, then maybe don't dismiss them so quickly when they right. say that they're concerned for you being in a business like this. How, how are you going to somebody that you've known and loved for years and years, and you're going to trust somebody you just met a couple of weeks ago over, over them. Yeah. It's a, uh, it is really fascinating how quickly mind control works. Yeah. And then lastly, the positive takeaway that you learned during your time in MLM. It, it kind of goes off with the, the hardest lesson I had to learn. The positive thing I took out of it is that your friends are your friends. They're not, if, and if they're gonna bail on you, then maybe they weren't your friends, but appreciate who you're with. Appreciate your family. It's just a, a sense of appreciation is, the, is the, I think the thing I took away from it. It's a hard lesson to learn, but it's, a, it's definitely a positive thing too. Makes you a little more aware. It's important to understand those things. Yeah, you don't have to be a skeptic on everything, but you've had enough experience where you go, yep, maybe that's not, that's not a good idea. Right. And that's why we want to educate why those, what those red flags look and sound like, because when you see them or hear them, it's stop, stop, wait a second. I'm putting on my skeptic glasses. You said opportunity. What's this opportunity? Um, because yes, you don't want to go around your life like as a pessimist, like everybody's out to get me. But at the same time, like you really should, when you hear those red flags or see those red flags, know, okay, I'm, I've, I've now straightened my posture. I'm listening. My ears are fully turned on. What did you just say? Yeah. And, and be, a, like, be there to receive it and understand it. And, and now you have the education so that you can go, yeah, that's a scam pass. But you guys know, we've learned, we've educated enough. I think you guys know the good red flags from the really scammy red flags and what to listen and look out for. So I'm glad that, you know, you also have learned that too, because it's, it's, it's a hard lesson to learn, but it's an important lesson to learn. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Brian. It was wonderful to talk to you. I love having men on here 
because even though about only 26% of you are represented within MLM, it's still a lot of men. And men need to understand that they are also targeted and susceptible to becoming a boss babe too. It's not just women. (laughs) Well, and then you get the, you get the guilt of not providing for your family. What kind of man are you if you're not doing this? So. Yeah, that's so sad. I hate how they target men and they emasculate them. It's so unnecessary. We don't need to emasculate men to, to guilt them into doing the things we want them to do. That's, that's unnecessary. It's definitely a problem and we're working toward ending that stigma. Well, it's been a pleasure to speak to you too. So, so a couple of days after Brian came on the show, He sent me this email and he added a little bit and I wanted to read it and put it at at the end of the show so that you guys could, could listen as well. Good morning, Roberta. It was a real pleasure speaking to you the other day. I was nervous and I really didn't think that I had much to contribute, but you made me feel at ease and I appreciate your interview style. So I'm listening to your episode with Molly Hale and it reminded me of one more thing that I can't believe I didn't think of until now. Maybe this would better answer your question about my one positive takeaway that I had from MLMs rather than the rambling answer I gave you. My daughter is getting married next September. She's a planner, so she's already planning song lists, etc. For the daddy-daughter dance, she has known since she was four years old that it will be Butterfly Kisses by Bob Carlyle. I have told her that this would be my choice over and over through the years. She has heard the song and checked out the lyrics and understands why but never asked how I came across the song because I've never heard it on the radio and it's not really in my wheelhouse of music that I listen to. During one of the dream weekends or whatever they called it, we actually participated in the voluntary altar call on a Sunday morning, even though we were practicing Catholics. The musical entertainment that they had for the non-denominational Christian celebration that morning was Bob Carlyle, and we bought one of his CDs before we left. Obviously, since we were swept up in the moment, we listened to it on the drive home, and that's why I heard Butterfly Kisses. So it was because of Amway that I've known for 25 years what song I will dance to at my daughter's wedding. And I just wanted to say, Brian, that is probably the best positive takeaway that I've ever heard on the show. And I hope that you and your daughter have a wonderful first dance at her wedding. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and share with all of your anti-MLM friends as well. See you next time.